Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. And we're live. Hello, it's Melinda from Hope When There Was None. Hope When There Was None. I am coming live with a beautiful special guest. Her name is Laura, and she's going to share her story. And I can't wait for you to all hear it. And she's just a beautiful human that has overcome a lot. And thank you. I appreciate that you're going to share your story today. So I'll let you take it away. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way first. So Uh, My name is Laura Mosley. I am a single mother of three, soon to be a Nana of one that's due in March. So kind of excited. It's different. It's going to be, it's going to be something different, but, um, and I am a 23 plus year survivor of sexual and domestic abuse. I was married to my abuser, I guess, 26 years total. um, The father of all three of my children. And I had gone through, gosh, every sort of abuse that you can think of. And of course, it never starts off as abuse. uh, Because I think if they started off that way, we would never be with them. But you know, it it worked from verbal to emotional to spiritual to financial to physical, to sexual um, abuse, uh, progressively over the, the endurance of my marriage. So I'm happy to say that I got away from my abuser. Um, It only took me going back five times, which I think the average is seven. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but, you know, it is what it is. And um, I work for a federal social services organization, but in my spare time, which is just about every time else, I am also a domestic uh, violence advocate. I uh, uh, run a blog called the DV Walking Wounded, and... um, I enjoy that because my abuser never really let me write like I wanted to. Mm. Um, I'm also a community activist trying to pass a law in Indiana that helps protect domestic violence victims by keeping their abuser in longer for a probable cause. And um, I also am a published author. Uh, I've been in an anthology. I'm currently writing my own stuff right now. But, um, and I hope to be a future podcaster, but that's, that's about it, you know, cause I have all this extra spare time <laughs> being a mom and a, a girlfriend and a <laughs> working woman. So, um, yeah, I, I wish I could say I had all this spare time to do, but, um, I do what I can with what I have. So. Oh, do you have, happen to have, I don't mean to interrupt you. Do you happen to have a link to your blog that you could share? I do. And the reason I call it the DV walking wounded is because anybody that goes through abuse, any type of abuse, it always happens behind closed doors. Usually people don't know what's going on. So we have to put on this, like my mom always called it the plastered school picture smile, the I'm fine. It's fine. You know, kind of facade, but we're all, we all have to do that. And usually the walking wounded um, signifies military and nothing against military, but um, I think victims of abuse, we've had to go through our own personal war um, and, and for the fallout that goes with that. So I added DV for domestic violence, but it's dvwalkingwounded.me. And I liked the .me because it happened to me. And that's my, it's me relating 
how I'm surviving on the other side of abuse. And um, I provide a lot of resources and insights on my blog. I, I found that. I'm going to go ahead and put it in here. Okay, perfect. In here for you. Let's go ahead. I also have that. an inspirational Facebook group that's called the same thing. So I can be found okay. on Facebook uh -huh. by that or by my name, Laura Mosley. I'll put both of those on there. Okay, perfect. Yay. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. So I'll type along. I'm going to put myself on mute so I can go ahead and type these out. So you go ahead and okay. keep sharing. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of things about abuse, there's a lot of stigma with that. It's still like the elephant in the room. People don't want to talk about it. They know it goes on. I know it gets talked about more in October when it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. But this is something that happens year round. And especially right now uh, with the pandemic, you know, being locked in your home or being isolated with your abuser. Uh, the holidays are particularly bad for people that go through abuse because it seems to amp up during the holidays. And, you know, I know it always did at my house because tensions are high. You know, I personally want everything to be perfect and everybody to have a great time. Uh, my abuser's agenda was to ruin everything because it wasn't about him. But, uh, you know, it's just the holiday should be all about family. And unfortunately, that seems to be the opposite case when you're in abuse. So I know the holidays are a particularly bad time. This time of year is a particularly bad time for that. Plus, it's cold outside. Nobody wants to go outside. Um, so you get stuck in the house with your abuser. So, you know, and the result of everything that I've been through, I went ahead and became a certified domestic violence advocate. So anytime anybody reaches out to me, um, whether it's my blog, my group, I'm happy to assist and point you in the right direction. Um, usually I try and get people together. Uh, with uh, advocates in their state. Seems like I have had a lot of out-of-state people um, contact me, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, because not only is there the National Domestic Violence Hotline, there are also state domestic violence hotlines that are 24-7. So we can always, you know, get you in contact with that. Um, but, and I think people always think that especially those that haven't been through abuse, think that abuse is only physical and it definitely is not. Um, like I said before, it's emotional, it's verbal. And those are probably the two biggest ones. Um, physical can manifest itself quite a bit, but that's usually more common is the verbal and the emotional. Um, I happen to experience financial and a lot of people don't realize that that's a, an abuse, but where funds can be withheld. You can, you know, your abuser can make it to where you can't keep your job or uh, they only allow you to work so much or they have to take your money um, because they have to manage it. You know, there's so many different facets to that. Uh, spiritual, which I experienced, um, I was raised in a, a very church going home. Um, my abuser pretended to be a church going type person. Um, but definitely was not so kept me from going to church, kept my children from doing things with the church, um, really did a number uh, there and um, kind of contradicted my beliefs. Um, he's apparently now found Jesus, which I hope he has for his, his sake, but you never know. They're, they're quite good actors and... <laughs> 
And um, a lot of people also don't realize that sexual is, um, even within a marriage, um, is can be a thing. Um, if, you, you know, consent, a lot of people don't realize you have to have consent in a marriage. Just because you're married does not mean you have to have sexual relations. So, um, you know, no means no, whether you're married or not. And rape can occur in marriage. So yeah, those are the things saying that, that I usually think. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for saying that because that's a lot of women don't think that. They really don't. You know, they exactly. might be brought up in the church too to, to think, oh, well, I have to do my wifely duties. Right. You know, it doesn't matter if I don't feel like it. Right. Um, I know um, that once I got away from my abuser, um, or well, actually, I, I, was I was contemplating it there close to the end, um, and met with the priest at my church and asked him about um, what I needed to do. What could I do? Um, and um, I was told I needed to pray and do my best and, and be the best wife I could be. Like I hadn't been trying to do that before. <laughs> um, so I finally had to say, Father, have you ever been married or in a relationship? He goes, married? No. In a relationship? Yes. And I said, um, Okay. Um, I think I know what I have to do and I appreciate, you know, if you could just pray for me, but I had to figure that out on my own. I had to reconcile that with God on my own uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, you, you look in the Bible and it's, you know, talks about being unevenly yoked. I don't think that that God doesn't condone that in the Bible. He does not condone, mm -hmm. you know, women came from Adam's rib to be by his side, not, you know, from his backbone to be behind him and, Right. You know, I, I'm a bit big advocate of that. You know, my parents were always partners. They'd always tag each other in. They consulted each other about everything. They still do. And, um, you know, so that that made it um, hard for me when I watched that unfold with my parents. And, and then they did a perfect job. They were perfect examples, I think. Um, and, and not having any of that in my marriage. And he wasn't even willing to go there. So, yeah. Mm. Um, so that makes it hard. Um, you know, people think, oh, well, you don't really need money. Well, you kind of do to live. Um, I'm, <laughs> I've, I've been, I've been out of, out of that relationship for over four years and I'm still digging myself out financially. I am going through mm. bankruptcy and, you know, I still have three more years on my bankruptcy, but you know, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> so that's all that matters. You know, there's no violence and I'm getting there. So I, I can't complain. No, that I thank you again for sharing that because that's another thing with when a victim steps out on their own and they have to reestablish credit because maybe there was financial abuse. I know I did. My my ex lost the house. He did that on purpose to get even so I wouldn't get it, you know, and, and taking out all those loans and such in my name. Wow. And so no, I get that. And then we filed bankruptcy twice, once when we were married. Well, we were married both times, but at the end he decided to file bankruptcy and I'm glad he did. But still, I still had a mountain of debt afterwards because of that, too. Absolutely. So reestablishing your credit and, yeah, that's tough. That is Absolutely. Tough. And then and then going from two incomes to one, although, right. you know, it, it kind of bothers me. But then again, it doesn't because part of the financial abuse was, you know, when we initially got married, we had a joint um, account and mm -hmm. he would overdraw that. You know, I never gave him, mm -hmm. you know, I never allowed him to have any money, which was not true. We were always paying our bills. <laughs> you and, too? 
Yeah. Um, I was, I was so mean and I'm like, okay, I, I give myself a $20 allowance. You give yourself a $20 allowance. That's fine. Well, we eventually, when we split up once, when we got back together, we had separate accounts. So, um, you know, then I said, okay, here's the amount I need from you to cover our bills. And then you're going to cover this. I'm going to cover food and childcare. And, you know, we'll, we split things. I thought evenly. And then mm -hmm. every week or every two weeks, it's like, oh, sorry, I don't have it. I'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm. And you can't operate like that because then you start operating mm -hmm. in a deficit. Right. And, um, you know, that's how they dig you deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're like, really? Um, right. now, I mean, I'm doing it by myself, which is not easy. But at the same time, I know exactly what I'm dealing with. I know exactly how much I have, um, which is nice. Uh, I mean, it would be helpful <laughs> if there were child support, but I'm not going to hold my breath. It's fine. Um, but, you know, it just, you know, in a lot of cases it can be, there can be child support. Although I've had uh, several uh, survivors and victims reach out to me that their abuser deliberately does not have a job or mm -hmm. a documented job. So they don't have to technically pay child support, which is not okay because, you know, they, they treat us like it's, you know, a favor to us. Actually, it's a, you know, it's their children we're trying to take right. care of. We can take care of ourselves. That's not a problem. But, you know, children are expensive. You know, I still have a 15-year-old that, <laughs> where's my cat? Ugh. Oh, your cat's I still, I, I still have a 15-year-old that, that, that lives at home that, you know, wants to, wants to eat me out of house and home and, and, and well, he yeah, gets rather teenager. expensive. Yeah. Teenage boy right. even. And, right. um, you know, they don't, they don't take into account for that. Um, you know, that these darn kids, they have to eat like two, three times a day. Darn it. Um, you know, but and, you know and a lot of kids are perceptive though, because that's, that's a good thing. My kids would know that I was struggling to make ends meet. And, you know, they would know what they could tell when I got child support. They could always tell when I got, because like, let's go get new clothes or, you know, what did you guys want? Store. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then they started seeing, and then they realized, well, and my oldest daughter, she, one time she's like, mom, I don't know why dad's be being mean. Cause I know he has money. I don't know why he's being mean. If he thinks he's hurting you, he's not. And it really impacted right. her where she's like, why doesn't he want me to have new stuff or why doesn't he want me to be able to buy lunch? You know, which I would always mm -hmm. find means, but that got to her. So, I mean, it wasn't right. hurting me. It right. broke my heart. Right. And then what he, he didn't know in the end, well, yeah, I'm going to get whatever pound of flesh I can because the IRS is going to come and get whatever return you have or right. later on right. in life, social security. So you, but you're hurting the kids. Right. And you know, it, it's, I think it says a lot about, you know, people that have survived abuse. I mean, we've survived, gosh, so much stuff and, and still, you know, even still help our abuser. I mean, uh, their dad got into, you know, a wreck and became disabled and I encouraged mm -hmm. him to, you know, apply for disability and apply for different things. And, you know, and he did, and, and he was able to, to succeed. And now, you know, he's back to where he has money. And, and it's like, the, the kids are like, why, why wouldn't dad give you money now? I, I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not responsible for him. I know it's, they see it. The kids, I don't care how old they are. They see it. 
Right. And, um, you know, even, even now I encourage him, call your dad, see how he's doing. Tell him happy birthday, tell him Merry Christmas, you know, right. does he do the same for me? Probably not, but that's, I can't, I'm not going to stoop to his level. I have, right. I have morals and standards that I have to maintain. And, you know, I know it's real easy to, and I know when I first got away from my abuser, I was very angry. Um, it's easy to be angry and, and rightfully so I, I totally understand it. It's justified, but you can't let your kids see that because that, they have, they have anger issues of their own. I'm sure things to work out on their own, but you still have to, you know, that's still their parent. They, they are still allowed to love them. They're still allowed to, you know, talk to them, but you know, I had to school my children on, Okay. So dad doesn't need to know what I'm doing. If he asks about me, just say, she's mm -hmm. fine. You know, and Bingo. like yeah. if they went over to go see him, um, well, my, my youngest was really the only minor child. The other two were adults. Um, so the only time that I would need to know anything is if, if it involved something that could cause possible danger. And I did explain that to them because what they do, I want them to have a good time. They don't have to explain what they did to me, even though, you know, they're like, dad's like, well, What's she doing? Where's she at? You know, I, we're not talking about mom right now, dad, you know, good, and I good. think that's important to kind of keep that separate. That's their parent. Right. They're always going to have that parent. Um, you know, they, they need to have a relationship on their terms. Mm -hmm. I mean, my adult, my adult children have kind of a limited relationship with their dad. That's, that's their choice. Um, you know, and my youngest is, is now 15 and he has to you know, he has a few more years as a minor child. And then, you know, after that, that's entirely his call. And, right. you know, I, it's hard to separate that because you want to go, oh, he's such a horrible person. I, I you know, <laughs> I, I won't use hate, but, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like I, you know, if I if I never see that person again, I'm fine. But, mm. you know, that's their choice and it right. has to be. And I don't try to, you know, really do my best not to talk down about him or whatever, you know, if they ask, like my adults, if they ask me, you know, what happened here or what was this like? I mean, I put a disclaimer on it. It's not pretty, you know, I don't mind talking about it, but you know, I, I, I will talk about it with you if you really think you need to know. So, right. um, I kind of have to censor that for the 15 year old, although I think he knows more than, you know, hmm. I think he right. does, but you know, it's, it's so hard. It's this people, you know, are get stuck with that trauma bond to their abuser. And when they finally get away, the abuse is all they know, or that, that, and I won't say it's a comfort, but it's, it's something that they know. So they end up going back to it. Right. The future on your own is very scary, but it's very doable and it can be very safe. Um, there's a lot mm -hmm. more resources than they ever let us know about. Right. And that's what I try to help people navigate because they try to keep you. Oh, you'll, you're, you'll never find anybody better than me. Uh, no, nobody, will, nobody will want you. Uh, you know, yeah, you'll too. be a failure, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. so it's yeah. not true. It definitely no. is not true. The future's not written. You know, you have to trust yeah. in God and, and yourself um, and, and, and ask for help because that is not a failure. It is a strength. Mm -hmm. So if you can ask for help, say, look, I'm falling short here. I need somebody to help me. Can you help me? Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Because we don't know where people fall short or where people need unless they tell us. 
So exactly. And if anybody hears me giggling in the background when she's commenting on different things, and it's not because I'm being think that it's funny at all. It's just I can you were totally there, relate. <laughs> I was there. Yes, sister. Like, I, I was there in my own. Yes. It's like verbatim, the same kind of word. So I understand this. And I'm so far out and far removed from that trauma that some of the mm -hmm. things that we talk about, and, and Joe's commenting here, she's she's the same way. She's been out for a long time. You can find humor in some of that, even though there's some darkness, you can Absolutely. find some humor. You really can. Abs you really can. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's almost like a candid camera. When people, because I know when I first got out of my abusive relationship, when I'm like saying things out loud, they sound so insane because bouncing yes. around in my head, it, it was, you know, it was normal. And when I say it out loud, I go, wow, that really sounds messed up because it was really messed up. We mm -hmm. just learned how to live with it and cope with it. And, you know, so people either want to hear it and they want to help or they want to, they hear it and they're shocked and they pretend that they didn't hear it. And, you know, you can tell by um, their response, what kind of people they're going to be. If they are shocked and, and don't know what to say. I mean, sometimes people just need a little time to process information, but, um, you know, I've had the, the select few and it's going to be very few that'll help you, but the everybody that gets out of abuse needs to try and build a support group of mm -hmm. some sort. You know, if you don't have the family, I understand. Luckily I do. Um, you know, if, and I lost, oh my gosh, so many friends over this mm -hmm. um, because I bucked the system. They were either friends with both of us or uh, they thought it was just too much drama to handle. I mean, mm -hmm. this isn't something I would inflict on anyone no matter how I felt about them. Yeah. Uh, but they, they just, I lost so many friends and I had like a, literally a handful of friends and family that were like, you know, we're here. What do you need mm. us to do? So, and I think that's so important that I know that's one of the things that abusers do to keep people stuck is oh, you have nobody. They isolate. Mm -hmm. I was isolated. I lived in, in Tennessee. That's where I grew up. Uh, we came to Indiana to live with his mom when um, we had our first child, who is now 28 years old, I feel so old, but, um, <laughs> you know, I got isolated. That was one way. I mean, he isolated me. I had nobody. So I had mm. to start, I, I started college and I started making friends and I started taking our child to the sitter and that child, you know, started having friends and we'd have play groups and I had to create my own support group in a way because my family is 450 miles away. They needed me, wow. they would have been here, but it's hard to do very quickly. I mean, right. that's a six to seven hour journey. Wow. So it, it does, it's, it's, it's amazing what you can do, um, even though um, you, abusers tell you you can't. Um, mm. I thought it was remarkable. I was reading something about Bumblebees and dragonflies that scientists said um, aerodynamically they shouldn't be able to fly, but they do anyway. Well, probably because they weren't you. told they couldn't fly. Really? So, you know, I think that that's good advice for abuse, abuse victims, too. Just because you were told you can't doesn't mean that you can't. Exactly. So, and you're living proof. You and me, we're both living proof. And Miss Joe over here, she's got a bunch. She's, she's saying, uh, <laughs> if, let me interrupt you for a minute. So Joe says kids eat, use water, electricity, gas, wear clothes, child support helps with all of that. That is so true, Always. Joe. 
-hmm. Yes. And then I'm going to put this one on because it's long. I've heard, and I have bifocals, so I'm always looking up. I've heard oh, of women who only use child support to buy clothes and toys for the kids and won't use it to help pay bills. They don't want the ex to say that she's not using it on the kids, but as she's using it to pay bills. But yeah, you do, you need those, that money for that food and that electricity too. It's not just toys. Right. No, I get you know, that. Uh, uh, and two, social security. You know, if your child is handicapped and they get social security, it's for their care. If they're right. getting uh, social security off of a disabled parent, it's for their care. Right. And, you know, we don't leave all the lights in the house on, on our own. <laughs> I right. know I, I walk around and turn lights off all the time. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, they, they have to eat. They have to exist. They have to be in a safe, warm working home. And, um, you know, that's where abusers want to get into, they're attacking us, the survivors, mm -hmm. they shouldn't be, they should be taking, they could take, should take into consideration their kids. But if they're a true narcissist, I don't know how much, and I've already had to have this explanation to a, one of my adult children here recently. I don't know how much they aren't going to feel like we do. They don't show those emotions like we do. I don't think, I don't know that they're capable Ooh. of that. Sorry, something just flew. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fly. I don't know where it came from. It's winter. But yeah, I just, I, I think that, you know, it, it's, it's survival is, is a, definitely an intricate dance, but you know, it's something, I mean, it, as long as we have small victories every day, I mean, I had to learn how to do plumbing and uh, mm. a little electrical and, you know, actually I had to learn it when he was an over road, over the road truck driver and he wasn't home. Okay. So I already kind of had an understanding, but you know, it, it's amazing the things that we're capable of. I mean, gosh, there's Google, there's YouTube. Oh, I uh, love YouTube. You know, yes. I do too. <laughs> yes. It is a single mom's best friend. <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. I can't tell you how much I've, I've looked up on YouTube and went, Mm -hmm. I can fix a drippy faucet. Okay, let's do this, you know. And there's, awesome. you know, there's, there's going to the hardware store and talking to the expert. Hey, I have this problem. I'm a single mom. I don't know what I'm doing, but I don't have any money either. You know, I have enough money for the part. Do you, can you kind of explain to me how to, how to install that? They're usually happy to do that. Yeah, they um, are. You know, and yes, they are. so there's, there's all kinds of resources. I, you know, failure is not an option, especially when you're trying to survive and you're a single parent. Uh, but, you know, as long as you're moving forward and you don't stop and you don't take no for an answer, sometimes you have to change directions. But, you know, I, I think, I mean, survival is very, very doable, even though we were brainwashed to think that it wasn't. We can't survive without that person. And we definitely I was can. just going to ask you something about that, because many cases, and you've probably experienced this yourself, you'll have a victim that's just left. And then like mm -hmm. two weeks later, she's in another victimized relationship and you're proof here that hey i'm a single woman i'm i'm doing it mm -hmm. i don't need anybody else well i mean sure it's nice to have that companion but look at you you know that's what would you say to somebody that i can't live without somebody or i've never lived alone i don't know how to do this you know i there the first couple months i didn't get out of bed except to go to work and maybe the grocery store and and i i would stay in my PJs all weekend. I, my kids started getting worried about me. Mom, you need to eat. Um, can I fix you a grilled cheese or, you know, and they were very sweet to me, but, um, you know, and you do get kind of lonely, but what's bad is you have to 
kind of reflect on how lonely you actually were when you were with that person. Ooh, because that, that's good. I, I just, you know, I mean, I could be doing things with him or even just laying in bed at night. And I felt like I was totally by myself because I was for him. He was not for me. <gasps> I you got know? goosebumps. Yes. Because, yes. you know, I was all in. He wasn't. Right. I don't know where the heck he was. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that wore me out was getting, um, accused of, of cheating on him all the time. You and, too? You know, yeah. And I know now that that means they are cheating and they feel yes. like you might be cheating too, because right. I, after it was all said and done, I had like five women at different times wow. contact me or come up to me and say, Oh, I didn't know he was still married or, Oh, I didn't even know he was married. And I'm like, wow. Okay. This is weird and awkward. And one lady was like, um, I hope we can be friends. No, I think, you know, if you want forgiveness, you know, okay, forgive you, go on. But uh, no, <laughs> that is not happening. Uh, I don't think so. Yes, I know. It's like, I just, I don't even know what to say. Um, no, That's ballsy. No. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. that was, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she did that with all of her relationships. Oh, maybe we can still be friends. I don't <laughs> um, I just was like, no, but to the people that are surviving abuse and you think you can't be alone, once you start rediscovering yourself, you learn that being alone is great. In fact, you have to go, you know what? I need to go. I need to go be with people now because this is great. I'm reading a book. I'm doing whatever I want. Nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's, you know, threatening physical harm. So isolation or basically solitude is contagious. And, you know, I've, I've learned more about myself just being by myself than, you know, anything. So I, you have to heal. I think I'm, I'm probably going to say it wrong. You, you have to heal what cut you or you're going to bleed on everyone basically. Yes. Um, so, and I, yes. it's so true because, you know, are you going to heal overnight with, from domestic violence? No, absolutely not. Do I still get right. triggered? Yes, I do. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've been in a, a relationship for a while now same man I just he's great and he really needs to run a seminar on how men need to be but um you know we have this expectation that they're going to be something like our abuser maybe not totally mm. but right uh, you know so I <laughs> I still you know tell him if something doesn't work out oh I'm sorry and he's like don't be sorry it's it's fine you know mm. it's it's a it's hard habits to get out of but don't self-sabotage yourself once you decide to get back into your relationship right. but I also wasn't looking for a relationship. This one found me. Um, so it, that makes it kind of nice too. Cause when you're looking for it, um, I don't know if we send out like distress signals or what, because it yeah. seems like those same type of people, those same type of abusive characteristics of quality people find us. And yeah. because they, and, and what a lot of people don't realize victims don't realize is, you were chosen because you were compassionate and you were caring mm -hmm. and you were exceptional and it's not because we were weak. And, and that's what a lot of exactly. people think. Oh, they chose you because you're weak. No, they chose us because we're vulnerable as far as we're emotional and, and, and things like that. We feel deeply, but no, it's not a failure. We weren't weak. Yes. Uh, maybe momentarily because our guard was down with them, but usually, <laughs> yeah. usually we're dazzled and charmed by those abusers. Right. So, and we don't know that they're abusers. So. Right. 
Exactly. And Miss Joe, she's got quite a bit. So she says, okay. I know a woman who made her ex out to be a deadbeat dad, claim he didn't pay child support or anything for his kids. He was play paying support and even extra at times. How do you know if someone's lying? She was the abuser in the relationship and made her out herself out to be the victim. How would you deal with that situation? I mean, uh, I know that does go on. Uh, they give it. Yeah. I think that's a lot, a lot of reasons why people don't believe us. You know, they, they think we want to spend drama and we want, you know, right. things that aren't necessarily do us, you know, I, I don't, you know, I mean, there's always going to be one or two that ruin the whole thing for everybody. Right. Um, you know, we don't know. And, and women can be abusers just as much as men. Um, same sex uh, relationships. There's, there's an abuser and there's an aggressor. It doesn't matter how they identify. There's always going to be that. But I think with, um, you, traditionally it is men are the abusers, women are the victims. But, um, you know, I think now since the dynamic has changed a little bit, uh, men are, are starting to be more vocal about, hey, she's abusive because mm -hmm. before they wouldn't report because they didn't want to um, compromise their, their, I guess, manliness in any way, shape or form. But I right. mean, if somebody's abusive, they're abusive and you need to get away from them. But, you know, I've, I've also had... Um, an instance where um, I've seen a woman, she was my sister-in-law, I've seen her punch herself in the face after she and her and, and, and my former brother-in-law got into it, uh, arguing. Yeah, so I've seen that and it, it's disgusting. But, you know, I'll, you know, when if somebody says they've been abused, initially you should believe them. Time will tell if they are lying or not. Right. You know, if you see that person move on, hopefully not, you know, that they weren't lying, but a lot of times, you know, people can lie about things and people can be the aggressor. I mean, I know with being a survivor, I'm constantly still self-analyzing because mm. I think that's what kept me in abuse. He knew that I did that. I'm, you know, whoa, I'm messing up. I better self-correct, you know, right. these people that, that are actually abusers don't have that ability. I don't feel at least in I my agree. experience. But. I agree. I do. I agree. And Joe says when she went through us through when people didn't believe her as well, but going back to the marriage thing, she said, I went out with a guy. I'm going to put this on the screen here. I went out with a guy who was married and I didn't know he was married. He even stayed at my house for three days. I wonder now what his wife thought. <laughs> well, wow. I mean, you can only go based on what people tell you. So I, I get that, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I've had, I've had, you know, when, after, after I got out of the, you know, wanting to stay in bed phase, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll maybe go on a couple dates and see mm -hmm. that's scary. Cause I hadn't done that since I was like a teenager, but okay. And it was scary because they don't, people don't seem to want to like court anymore. They don't want to get to know each other. They, no, it's all sex right. and, right. or it's all like just a physical relationship and that's not, right. you know. Not really what I, I wasn't really looking, I guess. I just wanted to see how that was. And it was scary. And I decided I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, and then, you know, the guy that I'm dating now and have for, you know, nearly four years, uh, he found me, um, you know, because I, I had a talk with God, like, God, I'm, I'm not doing this. If you want, want me to have somebody great, 
I would appreciate it, but you're going to have to drop him in my lap. And he did. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, well, that, that worked out, I guess. But, you know, these, yeah. I tell you what, relationships are scary these days. I don't exactly, I mean, I try to do my best when I talk to my own children about, you know, relationships. I mean, we've talked about consent. We've talked about mutual respect and things like that. And I think that's the most, some of the most important things, but you just don't know how other people and relationships were raised. You don't know what kind of background they came from. So you have to really, really, you know, be very careful. It's just super scary and it scares me for my kids, but. Yeah, especially on the internet where you hear, and I've heard oh from women that have just, you know, yeah. maybe a month or two out and they say, well, I'm going to dip my toe back into the dating scene. I'm going to go on the internet dating and, you know, they'll report back, you know, after three times I've been talking with a person, he wants to see my boobs or he's sending me pictures of his penis, you know, so yeah. it's like, it's, that's a red flag. Don't date him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know I had, I had, I, I was, you know, talking to somebody when I kind of first started, uh, you know, on my journey, I guess, and, and seemed very nice. And, um, and then all of a sudden I get this picture and I'm like, what is that? So I'm turning the phone. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> no like, no, dude, I did not want to see that. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I know that people do that, but if that's all they're interested Jeez. in, yeah, that's, that's, that's sad. Um, I mean, you know, once you get into a committed relationship, sex is important, but that's not the only thing either. And, you know, when, when you, I've been somebody that's been, you know, sexually wronged, I guess, in so many different ways, it's nice to have somebody that's gentle and and kind and understanding Mm -hmm. and, you know, patient. And it's not just about that, you know, they want you for you. And I, I have a, a, a person that I, I know, and she is has a program where it's called a solo date challenge. Holly! Yeah. That's Holly her Hartman. Is. I love yes. Holly. Yes. And I think that is phenomenal. Yes. Um, you know, date yourself. See what you yes. like. You know, it's like exactly. the movie Runaway Bride. Where she had to stop and find out what she liked, what kind of eggs the she eggs. liked. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What she wanted to do because yes. we've already done that as victims. We've already complied right. with whatever they wanted to do. It's about you when you're able to get away. But yeah, I, I think that's I think it's phenomenal that that, that that needs to happen for people that have survived something so horrible. There's so much time for, you know, relationships and stuff later. Um, I think, but you know, the, the main thing is safety and security when you get out of a relationship, especially an abusive one, because there are so many people in the news, especially, you know, Gabby Petito, she passed away at the hands of her abuser. Um, there's, and there's so many others. It seems like every time I turn on the news or look at CNN or MSNBC or, or something, some kind of news outlet, there's somebody that died at the hands of their abuser and people are baffled right. and that needs, that's because they didn't know where, who to turn to and they didn't know what to do. And that needs to be priority. So unfortunately it's not right now. No. And, okay. um, you know. Right. You are right. 
And so. um, I'm also looking for that since we both, since you mentioned the solo date challenge, I'm going to go ahead and put that in the, um, in the comments. And Joe has got some comments. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. I love Joe. <laughs> Joe is amazing. Joe is right. amazing. And her, she does mention that her and her hubby Jim did court because actually she was in Australia and okay. they met over the internet and he was in America. So they could only talk. They couldn't do anything else. Well, maybe not physically, you know, physically there, but I don't know what you right, did right. on the interweb yeah. there, Joe. And she started <laughs> to talk to Jim in a, in a chatting room, 50 people to a room. It wasn't a, a date appy app thingy thingy. <laughs> Deep I like it. I like it. I love you, Joe. <laughs> well, you know, you know, what's funny is, is people diss online dating. And, and I have to say, I, I didn't get on any sites to do it that way. Um, okay. People just, you know, asked me out. But um, no, the way that I met my boyfriend was, um, I guess he, I guess I said something clever on a mutual friend's post. And he looked me up and said, wow. And, and, and he messaged me. And it was right after I had that talk with God about dropping somebody in my lap. So that was great. Um, Cause I'm like, who is this guy? And then I saw who our mutual friend was and I started asking her about him. She was like, Oh, he's great. And I thought, all right, well, this is it. This is it, Lord. That's it. I'm not, <laughs> I can't, can't do this anymore. I can't put myself out there anymore, but I'm glad that I did. Uh, but it is nice to kind of, take yourself on a date and, and do what you want to do and, and rediscover yourself. Like I said before, my, my abuser didn't want me to write. I started off my college career as a journalism student. I love to write. Um, you know, so when I, uh, I guess two years ago, December in 2019, I thought, you know what, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to start blogging. And then the first rule of writing is write about what you know. So I thought, you know, I think I'm going to blog about surviving abuse. Because I definitely, you know, I don't know that I'm brilliant at it, but I'm winging it and I'm doing okay so far. And I've gotten quite a bit of feedback from it. Um, just people, you know, saying, wow, I didn't think about that. Or, you know, I just don't want people to think, oh, it's just I'm all by myself surviving this. You're not. Um, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you know, you're doing the best that you can. So you have to be as kind to yourself as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Um so it's, it's definitely trial and error, you know, and it's, it's just surviving. And, and that's why I, I really like um, blogging just because it's also an outlet. It's helped me heal talking on, on podcasts and things has helped me because I was going to a therapist, very good therapist, but was a guy. And um, we got to the point in my therapy where he was like, well, you're going to have to start talking to me about what he did. And I'm like, mm. you know, no offense, but I, I can't do that. Um, I can't tell a, a man what another man did to me. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, I mean, I have women, a woman doctor. I have, you know, I, I just, it, it's just too triggering for me. And he understood. So he was great. But he said, because, you know, I live in a little rural town and not a lot of therapists available. And I don't want to go drive an hour each direction, you know, once or twice a week to go right. do that. That's to me, it's exhausting and unnecessary. Um, I'm thinking of trying some of the, the, like the better help or whatever, where they call you or talk to you on like a zoom call, but oh yes, um, I haven't tried that yet. 
I'm planning on doing that, but you know, he told me, he goes, well, you know what? The best thing you can do is talk about it. The more you talk about it, the less it owns you. And, you know, he said, if you, he goes, you like writing, you should write about it. And that's what I started doing. And it definitely did help, um, with, you know, the more I say out loud, the less it has power over me. Uh, the more that I talk about it, the more people I, you know, go hear me and go, Oh, wow. Me too. What did you do about that? You know? So I, if I help at least one person, it's worth it. But I mean, the main person I guess I'm helping is me, which maybe sounds selfish, but I don't, you know. No, no, that's not, that's not, no, not at all. No. And that's why I got into this. Well, finally, listen to God. That's why I did it too. It's to at least help one person. It's like, okay, God, I begrudgingly did it. I'll do it if I can help one person. Exactly. Not that, you know, and I, I'm a big, I, I, I think that, God doesn't want to see us hurt. He protects yeah. us really well, but he will allow a person in a situation to continue to hurt you until right. you make your own decision or your own move. And I learned, I, I didn't learn that until afterwards. That was like an epiphany. Cause I'm like, wow, because I left gosh, four other times. And we, you know, of course, you know, wanting to believe, take my abuser at his word. Oh yeah. He's going to change. He's going to do this. And, and he did for a little while, but then it was always back to the way that it was worse than it was. And things always got worse. Mm. So unfortunately it doesn't get any better. I had somebody recently ask me, does it, will they ever get better? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that, but your situation isn't going to improve. I'm, I'm proof of that the final outcome of, or the final incident where uh, of mine, he shot at me the day prior. He didn't hit Mm. me, but he shot at me and, and, and somebody discharging a gun without the earmuffs or the earplugs in, it's really loud. Um, the next day he ended up beating me in front of my then 10 year old son, um, and, um, beat me unconscious. Um, I had Mm. a brain bleed and a, a concussion. Um, I now have a TBI because of the, the brain bleed because, you know, and, and, um, just the result of some of the abuse that I have, I, I don't hear in my left ear, I'm sorry, right ear. Um, I only have 31% hearing in that ear. So Mm. I have hearing aids, you know, so he's, he could have killed me. And that's when I sat in my car while I was waiting for the police. If I go, if I go back or if I don't follow through with this, he's going to kill me. He's going to hurt my children and he's going to kill me. And my biggest thing, once I got the protective order, was I was afraid that he would kidnap our then 10-year-old son. Now, Mm. my son is 15, and he's almost six foot tall, so I don't think anybody's going to kidnap him unless they want to feed him. So, (laughs) he's he's a little hard to pick up and run Mm. off with. So, so I, I, you know, I feel better about that. But, you know, my heart goes out to people that have small children that have Mm. to share with their, with the abuser uh, because they tend to use them as tools, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And uh, little ones can't always tell you what's going on. Mm-hmm. Luckily, mine are old enough. They can do that and they can make their own decisions. And I'm blessed there. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's a fine line that you have to walk once you leave. And, and when you leave, you have to be all in. You have to be fully committed to leaving. Um, because I went back so many times. And, you know, and I had a friend go, you know, when you're ready, you'll know it. And that was my aha moment when I was sitting in my car in 2017 going, you know what? I'm done. 
I'm, he's going to kill me. I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. It's insanity. Going back mm. and expecting this, you know, a different result and having the same thing happen over and over and over. Mm. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't get any better. Unfortunately, I hate to be the harbinger of doom, but here I am. So, mm. and Joe, and it made me snickered when I just saw Joe's comment. So I didn't mean any disrespect. <laughs> Joe says, no feed him more. It's harder to kidnap <laughs> fat people. He's, he's, he's Joe. solid. He's a solid boy. So I don't think anybody's going to kidnap him, but I love you, Joe. Um, yeah. I, now, um, you know, it's just, I know now that I'm going to be a grandmother and he's, my abuser's going to be a grandfather. Mm. Um, you know, it's, my abuser was always, babies weren't real until they were born, I guess. Mm. Um, because he never got excited when I was pregnant. He got excited once the baby was there and then didn't mm. want to have to wake up at night or anything, be inconvenienced mm. in any way. Yeah. Um, so um, my middle child that's pregnant, I think that is bothering her. But, um, you know, he's been showing his true colors here lately, sadly, and I hate it for them. But, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I told her, you know, if you want him to have a relationship with his grandfather, that's entirely your call. Um, I don't know if I'd recommend it, but that's not my child. So mm -hmm. it's, it's hard because they all live with me. But, you know, ultimately that's somebody else's child that she's going to have to have to reconcile a relationship with him or not, you know, and, um, it's going to be interesting because having children with a, with, you know, an ex spouse that was abusive is, was co-parenting was <laughs> so aggravating, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how it's going to be with being grandparents, hopefully, you know, and, and if she, if she and, and, and the baby's father get married, I don't, there's a wedding, you know, which is, will be great. And if he d comes, you know, good. I want him to do that for her. But if he doesn't, then I'm not going to pretend I'm disappointed. <laughs> so, um, darn. Yeah. Darn. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's a mixed bag. We, we are allowed to have our feelings and stuff. We're always just not supposed to communicate that to our children, I guess when they're adults, but that's why I guess I've hesitated. I, I'm writing stories of mine, you know, things that happened and, and stuff as I think of them because A, it's very triggering and B, there are things I don't know if I want my mom and dad to, to see or I don't want my, my kids to see. But, you know, I it's weird because when people talk to me, I don't mind talking to anybody about it, I guess, because I'm not related yeah. to them in any way, shape or form. I but, think that's what it is. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. just... Because I've had people ask me things like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm writing a blog post right now on, uh, I'm calling it the mark of the beast. Um, I had, I was strangled and I still have marks on my neck. And I went to the store the other day and I guess when I'm like, when I'm real flush, like if my blood pressure's up, they show up more. And I had a lady go, Oh, are you, do you have hives or something? And I'm like, no, I was strangled. And that just came out of my mouth. I thought, wow, I shouldn't really say stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, but it, it's the truth. It's I mean, the truth. That's, it, they're broken blood vessels from where yeah. he had his hands around my neck. I so, got that it, on my back, my back, my, my shoulder here, where he mm -hmm. pushed me up against um, a door frame or something. Mm -hmm. And I totally forgot about it until somebody not too long ago said, 
it was in the summertime, said the same thing, like, oh, did you have like a tattoo or something back there and got it removed? Says, no, my ex-husband, he pushed me up against a yeah. door jam and I got a mark. Yeah, right. I get that. And it, I get that. It's, you know, people, I, 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 after I saw her face, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that, but it's true. You know, and, mm -hmm. and it's, she, she yeah. just looked at me and she's like, oh my gosh, you poor thing. I mean, that was years ago. Yeah. It's something that shouldn't have happened. It could have hurt me. Mm -hmm. um, it, it did in a way because I, you know, it, he did it and it damaged my, uh, my larynx. I mean, okay. I, I'm in uh, customer service and every once in a while I'll sigh. And I had a guy the other day go, oh, am I keeping you? Am I boring you? No, sir. I, that's just how I breathe. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not going to explain myself every time I have to do that, but um, you know, it's just, and, and a lot of things people don't realize when she survived abuse and, you know, I'm safe. He lives three States away and it's great, but the chronic pain that, you know, mm -hmm. while, physical abuse heals, it right. will come back and haunt you later in the form of fibromyalgia or something else. And that's right. what I'm dealing with right now is fibromyalgia because uh, my doctor was saying that I kept, I was kept in a, a, such a fight or flight mode all the time. I was tense all the time that after a while your nerves are shot yeah. and it causes chronic pain and I had no idea that it was going to come back and haunt me later. Um, yeah. So, you know, just different things people get to look forward to, I guess, if they survive. And, and that, that made me mad too. It's like, yeah, I have adrenal fatigue. You know, I have Lyme. I'm a Lyme mm -hmm. warrior, but a lot of that, the doctor said is from the fibro and whatnot, not only from Lyme, but your trauma, mm -hmm. your past trauma, your adrenals are shot. Like, and, and people, thanks people Rob, like you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> yeah, people, don't, people don't talk about that nearly enough. But, you know, I guess just getting out and getting away safely is the biggest thing. Just be, And we are reminded about that every day when we watch the news. And especially, like mm -hmm. like I said, with Gabby Petito, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that could have been my parents. I could have been her. Um, there are so mm -hmm. many people that aren't lucky enough to get out alive. Um right. And they, they did give, they were all in and it's just so unfair that somebody else took their life and, and shortened it. Um, and there's almost always children involved. Um, oh, sadly, what really gets me is, is the people that abuse somebody, they get out, the, the person gets out, takes their children <laughs> and gets out. And then the abuser comes back and kills the whole entire family and then themselves. Yes. And I just, yes. I, I will never, ever in my life understand why that's a thing, but apparently it is. And right. it's, it's got to stop. Uh, we have to talk about that more. We have to have difficult conversations. And I think right. it needs to start with kids when they start dating because dating violence is, is a big thing. That's, you know, I was, you know, at 16 years old, I was dating somebody in high school that was 18 and he, you know, wanted to go, all the way and I did not and he decided to do what he wanted anyway so I was raped mm. when I was 16 so that really taints a whole young lady's sexual experience for like the rest of her life yes. and I really think that had a lot to do with the choose you know me choosing my abuser even though he didn't seem abusive at the time <clears throat> um and it's just it's just 
not a good way to be. I think we need to have those difficult conversations and we need to have them starting when our kids are getting close to dating. Heck, yes. my, my youngest, I mean, you know, we talked about consent when he was like 11 or 12, you know, you're not to touch anybody, you know, you can fist bump or shake their hands, but you know, you don't touch anybody, no one, and especially girls. That's what I, <laughs> especially <laughs> girls. Um, because, you know, good touch, bad touch. I mean, they have that conversation in school, but I just really think it really needs to start in the home, um, if at all possible. And, and, and just keep, they keep needing to reiterate on it over and over and over. <clears throat> and then maybe, you know, we can lessen domestic violence. Although again, these abusers are excellent actors. They should get Academy Awards, but you know, there's red flags. We're just like, I was talking to somebody yesterday. We have, I, I'm women's intuition is a God given gift and we are mm -hmm. taught to ignore it. And, you know, we shouldn't ignore that. And we do a lot of times. So, and, and these red flags that pop up, we just go, oh, it's, it's not a big thing. It is a big thing. You need to talk about it, you know, mm -hmm. because that's one of the things abusers don't like. They don't like communication like that. They want total acceptance. And exactly. when you start questioning things and they get upset over little things like that, it should be a big thing. Uh, but we're, you know, being raised in the church and, and, you know, being godly people, we want to try and do, you know, make the best out of our marriages and be the best wives and mothers we can be. And <clears throat> they're not doing their part. So. Right. right. I've got one more comment about the, the, and then I know Joe has got some comments I want to touch on. Um, okay. About, I agree totally about doing, telling children you know, my space, my boundaries and so on and consent mm -hmm. and so on. But of course, like in my situation, I grew up in a volatile home as a child. So I didn't know. And I know that family unit had no idea what normal was. So sadly, right. you know, if we want right. mom or dad to teach the kids, hey, no means no. Sadly, right. sometimes it's that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's not possible. And it's yeah, not possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that it should be taught maybe Maybe in the schools, maybe, maybe we should get a program, girl, and get a program going for in the schools. We go to schools and, and talk, you know, and, and develop something where we can have um, teen, uh, teen dating violence. I know I've done talks on it myself, but maybe we should expand and, and do that in the schools. But let me touch on Joe's. Joe says, years ago, I when I contemplated suicide, I burned all my diaries because I didn't want anyone to read them. She also is a fiber warrior, too. And she said, PT, PTSD is living your life with an orange light all the time. Normal people live a life with a green light. Oh, and thanks, Joe. She thinks that sounds like a good idea, the teen dating violence. Yeah. Joe's come a long way in her healing. She's just come so far. I, That's awesome, She really Joe. has. She has. Yeah, she's, we've become good friends. I love her to bits. She's an amazing woman. Yes. Wow. I know I could talk to you forever, but we're coming up on an hour and I don't want to take any more of your time, but I do want to, you to come back sometime. I really do. Absolutely. I'd love Absolutely. to have you back. Yes. Because I think we just barely touched on the topics here. Just barely. We just, honestly, every time I do this, these things, it's like, we're just skimming the surface. There's so much more we can dig into. Abs Definitely. Absolutely. And I, I think that the, the big things that people, like I said, people think 
um, abuse is just physical and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of other countries have coercive control laws. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. our country does not, um, yeah. sadly. But coercive control is where your abuser makes you do things that you don't necessarily want to do via emotional abuse mm-hmm. for, and verbal or, or the main things mm-hmm. and uh, financial and spiritual. Mm-hmm. But um, so basically they're, I think they're the non-physical things that, and I, I don't know about you, but I feel like the emotional abuse lasted way longer. I mean, <gasps> it was more hurtful than the physical. Although, yes. like I said, the physical coming back to haunt me, but mm-hmm. um I think the emotional abuse is hurt, more hurtful because I have complex PTSD from mm-hmm. all of this, you know, and, and anxiety and, um, you know, there, you know, I, I had no idea that I couldn't go get an MRI because I didn't, you know, just things from my past that I'd shut away. Um, mm-hmm. So there's amazing, it's amazing the things that you can, <laughs> that you come across when you survive abuse, but I have yes. to say, I think survivors are some of the most beautiful, understanding people um, I ever, you know, have the pleasure of, of, of meeting and, and, and working with. Um, so I, I, I think that, um, you know, we need to support each other and, and in any way that we can, of course, not being, you know, taken advantage of. But, right. you know, and that's that's kind of what I try to do with with my walking wounded and um, you know, my Facebook page and, and, and talking and hopefully be doing a podcast because I think that would be great. I just, I love that talking. Would be, yes. um, be awesome. So I, uh, I just, I enjoy it so much. And I think, um, you know, I love hearing from people that survived, um, uh, abuse and I love connecting with them, especially like people like Holly. I mean, you know, taking unique things that help us heal. That's so, that's so great. I mean, exactly. it seems like you and I are from the generation. Oh, you have to have somebody. You have to have somebody. Yeah. No, you don't. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's nice when you do, but it has right. to be the right person. And, and you are perfectly enough, you know, exactly. you don't have to have yes. another person. So, no, you and don't. I think stuff like it's great. Yeah. And Joe agrees. Emotional destroys your soul. Yes, it does. Yes. And going back to Holly's solo date challenge, you don't have to be single to do the solo dating. You can take yourself no. out on a date, even if you're married, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, even if you're married or right. dating somebody. Yeah, there's some freedom. I took my, I was invited to a, um, to do a retreat the, for a few times. And usually Terry goes with me because of my, my challenges with chronic Lyme and all the fun mm-hmm. things that go with it. I have difficulty driving at night and uh, sometimes I get, a vertigo and a little narcolepsy that decides to pop up. So he likes to, he's usually my chauffeur for driving Miss Daisy. Um, but I said, you know what? I want to do this by myself. I would check in with them just to say, okay, I'm here at this gas station. I had to pee. Um, over here, I had to pee again. <laughs> you know, so I'd always check in like every hour or so as I made my way up. But I, at first I was scared because I had never done that before. I never, it was in Michigan. I had never drove that far away by myself before. So I was scared. But then after like the third hour, it's like, oh, I can stop over here and do whatever I want. Or I can go to this little restaurant and read a book. It was so freeing. And I do little trips now by myself every once in a while. And it's a lot of fun. I, I, I have a good time with myself. <laughs> I'm I a blast to be with. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I encourage anybody that's, you know, on the fence with that, go ahead and try it. Really go ahead and try it. All right. And I'm going to keep talking. So I'm going to sign off. 
Thank you so much. And Joe, thank you for chiming in. I appreciate yes, it. I love you, lady. You, and this will be on Anchor FM and wherever your favorite platform is for listening. You can find this on the podcast a little bit later on and also on YouTube. So thank you. Yes, Joe drove to, I had my very first retreat for the Survivors Cafe and Joe drove to my place. Yes, I am proud of you for doing it too. She says she's very proud of herself. Good deal. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.